outdoors take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Hi, I'm Josie. My daughter turns five today. I'm also an Ohio State Highway Patrol trooper. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I can get home to celebrate with my daughter. When you see flashing lights, remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down. Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Densick. Today we're going to talk about Browns at Texans, Cowboys at Dolphins, and then the big mama, Ravens at 49ers on Monday night football. And we'll close out with our best bets as well. But let's start with Browns at Texans. The opener on this was Texans minus two and a half. That has flipped the other way entirely to Browns minus two and a half. CJ Stroud not practicing uh, today, which for us as we record is Thursday. Uh, It would seem that he is a huge uh, doubt and almost certainly going to miss this game given that it was reported that he's still sensitive to light and is not progressing through the concussion protocol as yet. So given that, Drew, do you think that this swing from two and a half to two and a half the other side is is warranted with uh, Stroud almost certainly out? Yeah, I would have. I would make it more, and I played some Browns minus two and a half. I think the only reason we haven't gotten to three yet is because there is some skepticism about uh, a couple important players on the Browns' uh, offensive line and defense. Um, Joel Batonio mispracticed today. Anthony Walker Jr. Juan Thornhill continues to mispractice. Uh, Zadarius Smith, the surprise, uh, no practice today, and so there are definitely some key players for the Browns who are missing. But if there's been one team that has fought through missing key players, it's been the Browns. And uh, honestly, the the entire matchup, I think, comes down to what Case Keenum can do against this Browns defense. The Case Keenum experience last week was an absolute disaster, in my opinion. I have no idea how the Texans ultimately won that game. There were key moments at the end of that game where he threw very, very likely turnover-worthy plays, and uh, Titans just couldn't hold couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, and honestly, I think one of them, the guy was looking so squarely at, hey, I'm taking this to the house that he you know, just didn't complete the catch. Um, and uh, even worse, in terms of this matchup, Case Keenum had relatively little pocket awareness and uh, just perfectly fine holding on to the ball for an eternity. Now, the rest of the Texans are coming back healthy, it looks like. We're going to probably see Nico Collins. Um, I'm guessing that uh, Will Anderson and Blake Cashman ultimately play. Jimmy Ward may play, so, too. So. They've just been ruled out. And oh, really? Just come across that well, oh. both are not expected to play, according to Ooh, Aaron Wilson. Um, okay. So the problem for them is that Arguably the two best guys on that defense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that makes me feel even more bullish about the Browns. Um, <clears throat> now, I don't know that the Browns really need to get to 20 points to get this win, uh, which means over uh, the over-under sitting at 40 is a little bit high as well. Um, I would expect this probably closes three. Uh, I uh, And again, like it's in, almost entirely because Case Keenum is a walking sack, walking turnover in this contest. And uh, the fact that we're not going to get to see C.J. Stroud against this defense is rough. Um, the fact that he is still uh, in the state he is is rough. Uh, I think that opens up the door for... Indianapolis Colts to potentially steal the South, Jay. 
uh, as I think they are the only of the three contenders that I have any kind of confidence is going to win this weekend. Yeah, no, that's fair. And uh, as we're recording, Trevor Lawrence not practicing again. So that certainly helps the the Colts uh, in their pursuit of the division. So with Keenum, I watched an agonizing amount of that Texans-Titans game, which wasn't a good watch, but uh, he was he was atrocious. And to your point about the lack of pocket awareness, yeah, he seemed to have no idea at times. I don't know how he only got sacked three times and that was against one of the worst pass defenses in the nfl missing jeffrey simmons by far its best player and now even with all the injuries that cleveland have uh on defense like it's still miles garrett they've still got newsome emerson and denzel waters their corners they still they're still a very good defense but they're still the best defense in the league even with all their injuries with Thornhill out and with Delpit not coming back and Okoronkwo and these guys. Now, the offensive line is a concern, but if Pochish looks like he is going to come back, he was a limited participant. Batonio hasn't been ruled out. He kind of gave some optimism in an interview yesterday that he might be able to go. So if they're able to get both of those guys uh, to go with Wyatt Teller, then that will, I think, mitigate uh, a lot of the issues. And the fact that Will Anderson isn't there, the best pass rusher on the Texans also mitigates uh, a fair bit. So I think the Browns are in pretty good position here. And honestly, I think the best way to bet the Browns is there has been a lot of building sentiment behind Kevin Stefanski in the past couple of days with voters coming out in support of Stefanski. And look, it makes sense. Guys had four, he's had wins with four starting quarterbacks. Uh, he had... A win over the San Francisco 49ers with PJ Walker as his quarterback. Uh, and the fact that he's doing this with Flacco now and that they get this Texans matchup, they win this, they go to like 98% to make the playoffs at 10 and 5. And then Thursday night, next week, Drew, in prime time, Browns host the New York Jets. Might be Trevor Simeon. They win that game, they clinch their playoff spot, they're 11 and 5. Uh, and I think it'll get pretty loud behind the fans, given that you never know when this award which narratives are going to catch on. Like it could very easily just have been, um, well, maybe not just as easily, but it could have been, oh, look what Zach Taylor is doing with Jake Browning and how he's mastered this uh, offense and how they've been able to keep going without Joe Burrow. Oh, this is Kyle Shanahan's masterpiece. Uh, how is he not rewarded for having the best team in football this year? It seems like the narrative that is kind of really building steam with voters is Stefanski uh, and the fact that he is doing this so banged up. So, uh, like, I don't see any reason why he should be double Dan Campbell's odds or longer than Mike McDaniel to win coach of the year. So, uh, if you like the Browns this weekend, and then why wouldn't you? Um, then I think that is one of the best ways to attack this. Uh, how do you uh, handicap uh, a three seed Shane Steichen with 11 wins versus a? Uh... A uh, six-seed uh, or five-seed uh, Cleveland Browns with 11 wins. I think Steichen wins that. If Steichen wins out to win the division, I think that is, I don't want to say unbeatable is the case, but I think it's a heavy favorite over the rest of the field. Like, that would just be so absurd. If he can go 11-6 and six with Gardner Minshew after his own quarterback goes down, wins the division, which Stefanski you know, still can do, but is less than a 10% chance to do. Uh, I think Steichen at 11 and 6. That just gets so absurd. And also he'll have beaten Ryans in the final week of the season to uh, to wrap that up. So, uh, yeah, I think he is still the highest ceiling case. But Stefanski, uh, just because he's got these two games, like to sweep these two games, 
against the Texans and Jets, is, that's like plus 150 to do that. And then all of a yeah. sudden that could be like, um, you know, you, you head to the shed with that's, that's your score, like 11, to, 11 and 5 coming yeah. off all these wins in a row. It's a pretty strong case and it seems to yeah. be one that's resonating. Is today the last day that we see Miles Garrett as plus money defensive player of the year? Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. I don't understand how Garrett ever got out of being favored outside of the time where it looked like his season might be over with the shoulder injury. To me, Garrett should be minus two hundred, and I don't, I don't understand at all. Uh, and I've tried, I've tried to to uh, to bludgeon the market into place. No one, no one's respecting my Miles Garrett um, mail that I'm giving the market. But yeah, I mean, they have the best defense by margin, substantially better than Dallas's. That got kind of revealed as semi-fraudulent against the Bills. Uh, he has better counting stats than Micah Parsons. He has better PFF grading stats than Micah Parsons. TJ Watt's team is absolutely poison and short of him like breaking the sack record, which he's not going to do, barring something absolutely miraculous. I think he is um, – I just think that whole team is poison and they just can't be rewarded this season. I think voters will feel that way too. And with Garrett – his next two games are against Case Keenum <laughs> and whoever the Jets have at quarterback, while Micah Parsons plays Tua, who for his offensive line woes, Tua still gets the ball out very quickly. He yep. doesn't take sacks. Uh, and Mike McDaniel schemes around um, his offensive line very well. And then Jared Goff, who might have the second-best offensive line in football behind the Eagles. So I think um, I, I, don't, I don't understand at all. And I feel very confident that Garrett should be a, a red odds favorite. Yeah, I think um, I'm expecting, uh, hoping uh, that Pelissero publishes his um, annual early award survey uh, this week. Um, I strongly suspect Garrett's going to be tapped as the DPOI in that piece. And then combine that with the advantage he has over the next two weeks in terms of offensive line, in terms of quarterback awareness, um, Garrett should be able to, uh, this is, I think, I think today's the last day he's going to be plus money. Yep. No, that certainly would make sense to me. All right, Drew, unwrap an early Christmas present this Saturday with an NFL double header. It all begins at 3 PM Eastern as we take you up to kick off in Pittsburgh between the Bengals and Steelers on NBC and Peacock. Then at 7.30, it's a Peacock exclusive matchup as Josh Allen and the Bills look to stay in the postseason mix when they travel to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. All right. Cowboys at Dolphins. A, uh, another monstrous matchup. The Dolphins are one-point favorites. The total is a massive 49.5. Tyreek Hill was spotted at practice today, which is significant we'll see about the state of miami's offensive line what do you make of this matchup your points about uh, you just made about uh Tua getting the ball out of his hands quickly i think matter because um you know there was definitely uh, a lack of an impact from the d-line and that brought um in that uh, bills game and i would expect that um you know there's there's definitely a key you know key matchup advantages with this dolphins um offensive line you know is not going to uh, hold up well against the uh, the NASCAR unit that Cowboys tried out there. And I think um, there were some pretty clear and obvious adjustments that Dan Quinn can make after looking at the tape of the Bills game uh, so that his uh, run defense isn't quite as vulnerable in this contest. So I, I would expect a, a decent bounce back here from the Cowboys defense, even though they're going up against speed and they're going up against, um, you know, a, a, a scheme and Mike McDaniels that is cooking right now. Uh, I don't totally believe in Tua uh, in this type of a spot here. And his overall play 
since like week seven has been pretty league average uh, and not exactly uh, elevating, you know, his team with uh, specifically what he's doing on the on the field. And that's with uh, some of the best weapons in the game. So um, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to run away and hide here. Uh, and then on the flip side, are the Dolphins defense going to be able to replicate the success that the Bills defense had? I would say very likely. Yes, uh, there is. There were a lot of things that the Cowboys uh, were unable to deal with that the Bills put on uh, on tape that Vic Fangio can pick from, I think. And uh, this has all of the whiffs of, you know, a second straight week where the Cowboys offense is not quite doing what you would expect. Uh, And so for those reasons, combined with this very high total, I think the under is the play in this one. Um, I know people want to see fireworks. They want to see some excitement. They, there certainly are a lot of very, very good skill position players that are going to be on the field here this week. But you do have a Cowboys team that's relatively one-dimensional playing into the teeth of Vic Fangio's system, which is, uh, you know, just extra uh, defensive backs on the field and really confusing, you know, c- coverages that force the quarterback to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than he wants to. Um, and so I can see very likely here another week where the Cowboys offense doesn't really get off the ground. And uh, similarly, a Cowboys defensive back bounce, bounce back spot here um, where, you know, the Dolphins would be wise to lean into the run game, which might shorten the game anyway. Uh, and uh, ultimately, uh, you know, are going to have a tough time getting much going on the passing downs if they, uh, um, you know, are, are dealing with the limitations on the offensive lineman. It looks like as of now, um, I can't realistically take a side in this one. I would lean Dolphins. There's been some money that showed up today to back the Cowboys. I get it. You're selling high on the Dolphins who have played nobody and buying low on the Cowboys who were sick last week. Like there's definitely reasons to think that the Cowboys are, are going to be competitive in this one but uh for me at least the under is the stronger angle and uh really can't make heads or tails of this side where where do you stand on uh dallas dallas bounce back versus uh matchup advantages pointing in the direction of the dolphins here uh, i lean miami i don't feel super strongly about it but i think that the fact that tyron smith and zach martin are both yeah. in some doubt for this game is is really significant uh after Dallas's offensive line felt kind of overwhelmed against Buffalo. Uh, and defensively, the Cowboys, they just seem very exploitable at the moment. And the way that the Bills did it, just running at Micah Parsons over and over again. And Parsons was terrible in run defense, at least, uh, in that game. And I think the Dolphins have certainly the weapons to exploit that. I think the one of the more underrated stories in the NFL in the second half of the season has been Miami's improved defense. And while they are really banked up offensively on the offensive line, uh, the Teron Armstead did practice today, which is a good sign. Um, Javon Holland looks like he's going to come back. He practiced. Deshaun Elliott is out of the red jersey, so he's looking like he'll clear concussion protocol. So to get their two safeties back, uh, I think will be really significant against Dallas. Uh I just don't trust this Cowboys team, Drew. It's just the um, soft underbelly or whatever it is. And these big <laughs> games on the road, outdoors, um, it just never seems to uh, to work out for them. And that's not entirely predictive of what will happen going forward. But uh, I think they were exposed a little bit against Buffalo. All right. Before we get to uh, the big one, Ravens 49ers, a reminder that Friday, December 22nd, at 11 a.m. Eastern, Vaughn Dalzell, Brad Thomas, and Eric Froton are answering your college football betting questions for another weekend packed with bowl games, beginning with Georgia Tech and UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl on Friday night. Make sure to hop on the NBC Sports YouTube channel and join them. 
Hey there, I'm Brad. I'm about to win the Tuesday Night Bowling League Championship. I'm also a highway worker for the Ohio Department of Transportation. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I can bowl the winning strike with my buddies. Remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. We have had some comical bold defeats, you and I, the past week or so. Still not ready to talk about Old Dominion minus three, no. um, let alone <laughs> let alone Marshall plus 12 and a half. Anyway, uh, let's talk about a game that hopefully ends uh, in better and happier fashion for, for you and I and the San Francisco 49ers. Ravens at Niners, line has been bouncing around a little bit. It's effectively like 5.25 at the moment. Uh, the total is... 47 flat. Does Brock get it done, Drew? Does he wrap up MVP or uh, is this going to be a dark Christmas night for many? No, I think he does. I think this is, uh, I think, I don't think it's a, uh, a comfortable win by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't lay Niners here. I think um, injury questions swirling on the offensive side of the football for the Ravens is probably going to push this to six once we see some more reports and some more, um, you know, I guess confirmation that, uh, you know, specifically Ronnie Stanley and uh, and Zay Flowers, whether the, their availability will be in question is could shape this market some uh, some more. Um, I played an over 46 earlier this week, uh, and it was largely on the basis of not really seeing any way that the Ravens defense can give you the same level of, uh, you know, quality in terms of, um, you know, not allowing points that they have against, uh, you know, some of the one dimensional offenses. I think the Ravens up against a, a balanced offense are haveable on the defense uh and i think the niners scheme in particular with their heavier personnel and with the uh the pre-snap stuff that uh shanahan has weaved into his scheme like all of that um kind of takes some of the bullets out of the uh mike mcdaniel arsenal in terms of how he wants to play defense and so uh niners i think can pretty much pick their number here and the Niners defense, I don't know if this is signal or not. I don't know if it's just because they haven't had to be good. Um, but uh, they're not playing like the unit that you would expect considering how many uh, you know future Hall of Famers are on that uh, side of the ball for them. I would say, though, that uh, um, right now they're grading somewhere in the bottom half of the NFL if you're time-waiting performance. And uh, a lot of that tape against the Cardinals, it was like... Uh, if you're looking like this against the Cardinals with uh, this, you know, with uh, Kyler Murray scrambling around back there, you're in trouble next week against Lamar Jackson. So um, there's definitely some scope, in my opinion, for the Niners pass rush, which at times has trouble getting home, actually taking Lamar Jackson down in this game. And if uh, he's got a full complement of weapons in the passing game, I could see the uh, Ravens being able to do a little score and answer through the middle portion of this one, which is why I think over was probably the better look. Ultimately, though, I do think the Niners get the win. I think the Niners probably cover, uh, and I think uh, the MVP race is a wrap. Uh, and uh, it's kind of maybe more important for the offensive player of the year race here because um, Tyree Kill is probably going to play. He's going to continue to accumulate stats these final three weeks. Um, but if this is a huge CMC game, then um, I think he could probably lock up the uh, offensive player of the year award on Christmas night. So uh, MVP to me is already decided. Offensive player of the year is not. 
Um, and I think that's kind of, uh, if you can kind of figure out or tease out if this is going to be more of a CMC game versus, uh, I say, a Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk game, then I think you might have uh, some of your answers in terms of, um, you know, how this will uh, factor into some of these races. I will say that if I was going to throw my hat into the ring, this feels like a George Kittle kind of a game. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. it may be some decent CMC in here, but um, I would expect you see Kittle trying to attack uh, like Patrick Queen. Uh, and uh, the part of the field that, uh, you know, if they if they can kind of make Kyle Hamilton commit to which side of the field he needs defending on a given snap, and they, uh, I think you're attacking the other side of the field with either Ayuk uh, or, or George Kittle. So that's kind of my read on this one, and uh, I would expect that uh, it's a good entertaining game for a lot of, and ultimately gets over the total, uh, and ultimately we, uh, we learn what we thought we would knew already, which is that the Niners are the best team in football. Okay. Well, I hope you're right, Drew. Uh, and I'm very glad that this game is on Christmas night because if this was the early game, then Christmas would be in serious jeopardy <laughs> with my children and uh, my mood would be severely uh, altered uh, if the Niners didn't get it done. I think they will get it done. I think they're a class above Baltimore, just like they're a class above the rest of the league. These Baltimore injuries are a little weird. The fact that Odell Beckham didn't practice yesterday is a flowers with this foot thing. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, who did practice yesterday, but also just hasn't looked physically right, even without the concussion. He had a really sure. bad game against Jacksonville before that. Not sure he is right. Morgan Moses didn't practice yesterday. So they are a little bit banked up. And then with the Niners, the thing that I'll be looking for and will probably uh, have broken by the time you guys are listening to this is what is the status of Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead? Because if they both can't go, then I think that's a pretty big problem. Uh, well, it's it's it, it's a problem. The Niners should still be okay, but uh, if they're missing both of their starting defensive tackles, uh, then that will be an issue against Baltimore's elite running game. Uh, ultimately, what it comes down to for me is that I just don't really fear this Ravens passing offense, and I don't think they have the capacity to keep up with San Francisco. Uh, it's a strange thing because, you know, everyone, and we've talked about this before, how... People are just so wowed by the visual phenomenon of watching Lamar Jackson that they, mm -hmm. and Collinsworth and Tariko talked about this at length on the broadcast about how there is something about Lamar that you just cannot quantify with the numbers, the stress that he places on a defense. And I get that because of what you see him do because of the special Lamar plays. But at the same time, like you can quantify it. <laughs> they have the 10th best offense when Lamar Jackson drops back. 10th, it's not first. Like that is all you can do in terms of your ability to impact an offense is make your offense efficient. And they have the 10th most efficient dropback offense in the NFL there. And that it certainly helps the running game, Lamar's threat. But uh, I just think that particularly after Mark Andrews has gone down, um, they've beaten up on some soft passing defenses like the Bengals, like the Rams, like the Jags. And I think against the Niners, with the way like, Traverius Ward is he a top three cornerback in the NFL right now? Like this guy's mm -hmm. an absolute monster. Um, he's certainly in that discussion. So I have a decent amount of faith in the Niners' defense, particularly if Hargrave and Armstead go. Then on the other side, I'm very, very glad, Drew, that the weather forecast for Santa Clara: uh, no rain, no wind whatsoever. Yeah. I think that is key for Purdy because the one thing about Purdy's run is that. A lot of his best games have been against poor pass defenses. 
Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, arguably his best game of the season, given the context, was against the Dallas Cowboys, who do have a really good pass defense. So it's not like he hasn't proven that he can rise to the occasion against a good defense. But the Ravens will be the best pass defense he has played since Cleveland. And that was his worst game of the season. Now, that was in rain. Trent Williams got hurt. McCaffrey, Debo, they go down. So I don't think that that is entirely representative of what to expect. And also, Purdy's just gotten better. He's just a better player now than he was then. He's talked about his elbow strength getting better as the season has gone on coming off that injury. So I think the weather is key. Uh, I think this Niners offense is not defense agnostic because no offense is, but I think they are rolling at such a level that – it's just going to be impossible to keep them um, from scoring. And I don't think that the Ravens passing offense will be able to keep up. Well, I, I like all that. Uh, very fair breakdown. Um, do you think there's signal in the uh, Niners uh, defensive efficiency? So if I go uh, week seven to today uh, and I exclude turnovers, would you believe they are 25th in EPA per play uh, on defense? How much of that is like post buy? Like that is, I think the, because they changed their yeah. defense a little bit coming out of the bye. The first game was, I think, against Jacksonville, where that really changed in uh, in week 10. So I think that is really the the real signal, because that's when they added Chase Young. So when they shifted uh, Diomedor Lenore into the slot and put Ambry Thomas out wide, and I think they just changed a little bit. Okay. They were going. Steve Wilkes came down to the field. That matters <laughs> uh, for uh, EPA splits uh, week yeah. 10 beyond. So uh, over that stretch, 16th. Yeah. But now, again, like the Arizona game, missing Armstead, Kinlaw. I, what I focus on with their defense is w- what, they looked against, what they looked like against the Jags, which they were hugely up for when they're five and three coming out of the bye. It wasn't season on the line, but that was a massive game for them. Or if they lose that, they're five and four and then playing catch up in the division. True. And then what they did defensively the first game against Seattle and then the Philadelphia game. Those are the three games where I feel like this Niners team, um, it's kind of like the the peak Golden State Warriors teams where it just seems like they just don't go all out in games like the Cardinals game, um, and they were missing Armstead and Hargrave, which hurt there. But, I mean, there's just no way that they were playing at the same effort level that they were against Philadelphia. And I think when this Niners team is up for games and gives full effort, as they should with extended uh, with an extra day's break, playing at home, prime time against the Ravens, can effectively clinch the one seed here. I think you're going to get full effort and go from the Niners. Uh, and it's not going to be like, you know, last year when Jarrett Stidham put up 34 on them or whatever. Um, so I feel pretty good about the Niners' defense. Um, the talent just, I think, uh, speaks for itself. Okay. All right. Before we get to our best bets, find another way to celebrate the holiday season by being part of the Premier League festive fixtures, Drew. Beginning on Thursday, December 21st, we'll have 29 matches over 13 days on NBC, USA, and Peacock. So check out all the thrilling moments from creative set pieces, the scorching shots, and amazing saves. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Hey there, I'm Brad. I'm about to win the Tuesday Night Bowling League Championship. I'm also a highway worker for the Ohio Department of Transportation. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I can bowl the winning strike with my buddies. Remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. 
That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. As uh, Matthew Barry noted on our show today, just incredibly smiley, all those characters in that photo uh, between Kyo Saka and Erling Haaland, just having a great time scoring goals. Let's get to our best bets. What is yours? So I'm going to go um, with our guy, Jake Browning. Okay. <clears throat> I'm bought in here now to this being Brock Purdy 2.0. Uh, wow. Where, I mean, not, the MVP. I, 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 I'm talking about last year's Brock Purdy, not this okay. year's MVP. I'm, t- I'm talking about a guy who is operating a really, really uh, effective system at a really high level with a coach who understands now what he's got and what buttons buttons to press. Um, Jake Browning's tape from the Steelers was his only minus game of the season. And realistically, a lot of that felt like Zach Taylor didn't really know how to utilize Browning yet. He was not asking him to do much in the intermediate or deep part of the field. Um, and now, you know, that's obviously flipped could not be I imagine could not be playing with higher confidence than after getting that uh, hard hard fought comeback win against the Vikings on Saturday last week and now he gets a much softer test going up against the Steelers team Jay that I don't know if you know this but they have one rostered safety right now um reinforcements aren't coming man they're gonna have to act act, probably activate two safeties off of this practice squad and uh the soft over the middle stuff should be very very effective in this one um i also not especially impressed by the quality of play you've seen from some of the other Steelers uh on defense and uh on the offensive side of the ball it's just an absolute atrocity mason rudolph isn't the answer to any question that i could tell you um and you know is his lack of interest in attacking you down the field at all, I think, makes uh, the weaknesses of the Bengals' defense less apparent uh, in this particular matchup. So, um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty clean look for me on uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, laying under a field goal. Um, any number better than minus three, I think, is a bet on the Bengals. And uh, Jake Browning, people don't want to believe in him for whatever reason. People want to rate him with the, you know, the Zach Wilsons of the world and their, you know, composite quarterback rankings. Fine. Uh, he is playing uh, at a, a top 10 level right now among all quarterbacks from what I'm watching. And uh, combine that with the fact that T. Higgins is a, is a monstrous, uh, awesome mismatch. Uh, and uh, even in the absence of uh, Jamar Chase, I think you still have enough weapons on offense to really make the Steelers defense hurt. Um, I'm rating the Steelers right now like they're a two-win team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what they showed against the Colts with their pass defense in particular, also their run defense. That last Colts drive, they just ran the ball like 15 times in a row. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just the, I think you just get to a point with a position group where it just affects the entire unit to the point where everything is just destroyed. And it seems like it might be that way with the Steelers' safeties where losing KZ, losing Megan Fitzpatrick, maybe there's just no coming back from that. It certainly didn't look like. Also, just because of the strain as well that it places on Peterson and Joey Porter Jr., who, I mean, Peterson might just be done, and Joey Porter Jr. has flashes, but he has his weaknesses as well. Uh, and so I think the Browning has shown enough that he'll be able to exploit that. Uh, yep. And I'll be on that side too. My best bet is the Indianapolis Colts uh, and Mr. Steichen, plus one at Atlanta. I don't understand why the Colts are dogs in this game. Extra days break. Michael Pittman took off the red jersey at practice today, so it looks like he will clear concussion protocol. Jonathan Taylor has had two full practice designations back-to-back. 
expecting uh, at the time we're recording that he will be back. Uh, the Falcons are getting a bit healthier. Caleb McGarry and Dave Donumana just hit the practice field, so that helps them. But I think this Falcons team is just broken. I, they have no pass rush. Their pass defense is underwhelming, and I don't agree that going from Desmond Ritter to Taylor Heineke is worth a three-and-a-half-point swing. I just think that's too significant, even if you think that Heineke uh, is the better quarterback, which I think is fair, but I think that's too much of an adjustment. So uh, with their AFC South hopes on the line, uh, with, I think, superior coaching, uh, I think the Colts will win this one as slight dogs. Okay. I love it. I, I, I'm on that one too. You beat me to the punch getting your, your pick in first. That would be mine. So we, uh, we ride together on the Colts. And uh, I'll say it one last time. If you like the Colts in this game, you don't, maybe you don't realize it. You like them to win the AFC South. Still a big old price. Uh, yep. Don't mind a little bit of that too. Yep. I like that too. And if, uh, if they do win this, then I think Steichen gets, yeah, it's pretty short. I was just talking about Stefanski a lot, but. I think that coach of the year is on Steichen's racket, where if he uh, if he serves up three wins here, um, that might be curtains for the field. And I and his price is still you know materially higher than their division price, which I think is I think is wrong. He's not a hundred percent to win if they win the division, but he can also win without the division. Um, so I think that that his price is still a bit too big. Uh, if you can get some of the plus three fifty, still about all right. Reminder, the people can go through past shows this week in our podcast feed or on the YouTube page for handicaps of all the other NFL games. For now, though, don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those listening as a podcast. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, good luck this week. take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways your dedicated fidelity advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened visit fidelity.com wealth investment minimum supply fidelity brokerage services llc member nyse sipc Hey, I'm Ruben. My band and I have a new song. I'm also a tow truck driver. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I get to go home at the end of the day and see my bandmates. When you see flashing lights, remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down.